How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It is a cloudy day here in Nashville, Tennessee. We are on Broadway at the Hard Rock Cafe. I'm Katie Neal from Odyssey Country here with Grammy Award-winning Mary Morris. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited. I know. We were just talking about how we like literally haven't seen each other. We've only been through the camera for at least two years. We know that. But probably before that, maybe another year or two. But it's so great to see you. It's nice to see your beautiful three-dimensional face and it's not so through nice Zoom. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so nice to be back with people again. Album release week is here. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I feel like it's the least nervous I've ever been going into an album release week just because, I don't know, I just, there was no pressure to make this album. Maybe some of that was like the pandemic and maybe some of it was, it's album three. Like I can mm -hmm. maybe settle for a second, but um, no, I'm proud of these songs. And so I'm just ready for someone aside from myself and my, <laughs> my team to hear them at the end of this. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have it out. There's gotta be like a little bit of confidence that comes with album number three. Cause your debut album, I'm sure everything is chaos. You have no idea what's going on. It comes out, your sophomore album, you're just like crossing your fingers. There's not a sophomore slump that everyone talks about. You did not have that. You've remained so successful. And now album number three, like I'm sure you just feel like, oh, I know what I'm doing and I, I know what's about to happen. Yeah, but I also don't. I'm like, I thought I knew everything and then COVID happened and then touring got blown out and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I can't micromanage anything anymore. I think mm -hmm. we all kind of felt that in some way where we had this like tight grip on our rise or like like our trajectory of life and then COVID happened and it was like, we are not in control. We have no. to just like kind of surrender. Go yeah, and I think we're survivalists at the end of the day. Like, human beings are just, through all of this, we had to be adaptable to mm -hmm. just get through it. And, like, music was such a healer for me during this time. Like, not as just a songwriter, but someone that turned to music during a really uncertain time just to feel like I wasn't alone yeah. during this really weird moment of history. And... um you know, I wouldn't say this album of mine is like a pandemic record, but mm -hmm. it definitely was made during one and because of one. Well, we're very excited to hear it. And I feel like Thanks. for you, you have been on this rocket ship the last couple of years. You, you break into the scene with my church, you win a Grammy, you are winning awards 
right and left. The bones becomes like the song of everything. The middle happens. John Mayer and Taylor Swift are like calling you to sing on songs of theirs. When was the last time you had like a, a, a pinch me moment where you were like, I'm just a girl from Arlington, Texas. What is happening? <laughs> I mean, I, I've become friends with him during the process, but now that you mention it, like just, yeah, John Mayer, I just remember going to like, it at the time was called Smirnoff Music Center in Dallas, Texas, where we would go and it's like the outdoor amphitheater. And I would go see John Mayer during like Continuum tour. And then to be on his last record, just as a singer and collaborator is, yeah, definitely like a pinching moment for me just because I've, there's very few artists that you grew up with and are yes. still fans of mm -hmm. that you grew with. Like you still have artists that like grow with you as you get into your twenties, your thirties. And he kind of was that for me. So to just like be on an album with him and like him become a friend and like, he's so sweet. I just feel like that was definitely one yeah. where it's like, what the hell? Like moments in the studio, you're probably like John Mayer's and you like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so totally, great. yeah. But one of those moments where you kind of like step out of your own body and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean like of all people, yeah, yeah, him. That's incredible. And then I feel like I know from being a fan of you and following you on so social media and tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I assume that you have very good like social boundaries. Like you share, but you don't overshare. You don't, you know, like you don't share Hayes's face. Like I feel like you probably have healthy boundaries or like at least what do you set for yourself so that you can like interact with social and engage with it, but still like remain in a good place. Cause sometimes it can be a lot. Yeah. I kind of in a weird way feel like, like a lot of artists right now, the pioneer of new social media where it's like, we are millennials and we came up when Facebook, MySpace, uh, Twitter, everything became like became a thing. Yes. And we were around before, like when you were just like doing aim screen yeah. name stuff with your <laughs> friends. Your away message. Right, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm, as a millennial, one of the few artists that came from that generation that um, has become an artist through the new yeah. blooming social media age. So it's, it's like a social experiment, but it's also like a tool that so many people and labels and marketing people want to use as like a way of you know, marketing music mm -hmm. and like, you know, TikTok, I will absolutely feel like a grandpa at because it was during or after my time. And so it's like, it, it really humbles you. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> I thought I knew everything about Instagram and then TikTok comes along. And you're so. like trying to do a transition and you're like, what? <laughs> no. And then you have to become this like director or like content curator yeah. of all things. And I just, I'm not that like, I just, I'm like, oh my God, I just write country music. <laughs> so it's like exhausting, but it's also exciting. And I, the thing I love about any of it is because I can actually talk to my fans and I don't have yeah. to just see them in person every time I tour because mm -hmm. it used to be like you tour every few years and then you see that same fan Familiar people in the same city every like three or four years but mm -hmm. now it's like streamlined you and talk um, to them you have relationships that build over years with them and so I do feel like the middle child in some ways <laughs> of like the um, millennials analogy. 
And then the like Billie Eilish's <laughs> that are like world, yeah. so young, like literally born in 2000. But um, I love it because I feel like we lived in a time where we didn't have that. Mm. And then we got to see it happen and bloom. And we're not scared of it as yeah. millennials. We're not scared of like the internet or technology, yeah. but then we're also figuring it out like the kids of now. And so um, it's like a weird window of time to, to live For in. Sure. It definitely is. Anyways, does that answer your question? Yes, it absolutely does. My next question Fantastic. is right. that you recently shared on social that you drunkenly met Hillary Clinton. So please <laughs> tell me what happened. I didn't want, like, I didn't want to, that was not my night plan. Yeah. Like, I, I never want to meet any um, presidential candidate or former secretary of state, like, drunk, you know? <laughs> like, why would you? No, yeah. I just went to dinner. Like, I went to dinner at a place that I love in New York, in Harlem. My friend Marcus Samuelson has a restaurant called Red Rooster in Harlem. And I went there with my friend. And then I was just, like, three cocktails in. Oh, no. Because, you know, it's a, a, it's a normal <laughs> Friday. And then Marcus comes over, and he owns the place. And he's like, hey, uh, they're having a private event downstairs, and Hillary... Hillary Clinton is down there. Do you want to meet her? And I said, no. I have had three drinks, Marcus. Do not make no, me meet this person. Absolutely not. And so uh, he was like, you have to. And so he dragged my ass down there. And um, I met her, and she was so nice, so lovely. And, you know, she was, I think I gave her a hug. I don't remember. <laughs> like, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> I was very friendly, um, but she was very sweet. I mean, like... It's not even about politics. I was just meeting, and she's actually kind of like my height. Really? I would she's not short. Have that. She's shorter. But I was just like, please don't make me meet someone that important after I've had three cocktails. Like, <laughs> it's not cool. But he is such a bringer of people together that he was like, you will not leave this restaurant until yeah. you meet this person, Marin. So I'm glad he, I'm glad he forced me to, but... She was very lovely. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And then you've been doing a ton of press because of album release week. And there was one quote that you recently gave to Bustle. And I love this. It said, after we're gone, maybe these songs will still be played in bars and cars. And that's more romantic to me than eternity, which <laughs> is like, you're such a wordsmith. I love that. But when you think about like the legacy of your art and of your music, that's kind of like a profound thing to think about and takes people some time. So how do you think about it? And how are you, like, intentional with it? Well, like, Ryan, my husband, is an artist and a writer. And we both, like, joke about us being nobodies someday, like, a bunch of has-beens and just the idea that, like, in some way the music industry, like, chews you up and spits you out. And even though, like, we've made it in some ways, mm -hmm. you just never know when your moment to shine is over. And so he and I always joke, like, hey, we got married, we have a kid. Yeah, we have these songs. But, like, one day when we're has-beens, maybe, like, some young guns will be listening <laughs> to our song in the car. Or after we're dead. People are listening to songs yeah. we wrote like a hundred years from now. Like that's kind of a crazy thought, but that felt to me more romantic in a way with Ryan yeah. just being like my partner um, than pledging eternity to each other. Cause it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. But, like our songs actually become our legacy. 
yeah. after we're gone. Like you kind of hope that you write a song that's good enough to stand the test of time. And we both want to do that. Mm -hmm. And everyone in this town wants to do that. So I felt like I wrote it to Ryan in a way of saying like, it's not the make or break of our relationship yeah. to be like on top, but like maybe someday after we're gone and our children's children are gone, songs that we wrote back in 20, 2019 or whatever, like they live around beyond us. That felt like a weirdly morbid, but also yeah. hopeful concept. <laughs> I don't know. It's a cool thing. I have chills, like, thinking about it. It's like a very cool thing to think about, nice. you know, yeah. when Hayes's children are listening to your songs somewhere. Yeah, and I'm, I would never compare myself to, like, Johnny and June or anything like that, mm -hmm. but I just think about their legacy and how their love lived on through yeah. their duets and their songs together, and I feel like Ryan and I are kind of creating our own version of that with our music and our son, and so... Definitely. Yeah, it's like... I don't know. No, no matter what you believe in, I feel like music lives on longer than we think it does, and this is the way that we leave something worth leaving behind. I love that. That's beautiful. And then Thanks. you, um, no, I really like that's just, Thanks. it's such a profound thing to think about. I think a lot of people don't think about that. Like, not many people are walking around thinking, like, what is going to be left of me when I leave? And yeah. that's such a beautiful thing for you guys to be able to share that, especially. Thanks. Like, I, I've asked you guys before in the past, like, what are the pros and cons of being married to an artist? And Ryan's answer is always, like, there aren't any cons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you better that. say that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You also have got a big tour that's coming up. And I know everyone was so disappointed when you had to, like, you know, not go out on tour for RSVP. So what are you most excited about bringing to the Humble Quest tour and bringing on stage that maybe you haven't been able to before? I mean, I, I just miss that, like, connection with people. Like, I, it's not even the applause. It's mm -hmm. like I just miss whether I'm on stage or in the crowd as a fan at a show, I miss that live music connection that we all had at one point that we mm -hmm. took for granted oh, and that yeah. we will never take for granted the same way again. Um, I always joke we're going to be like the old people at concerts. Like, don't you think that this is like, this can't be taken away from you because it can't? Well, yeah. Like once in a hundred years, the yeah. pandemic comes around and like teaches us a lesson. But I definitely felt like um, I'm just so excited to see people. I will literally play in the parking lot. I don't care. <laughs> I just miss being out like singing for people. Mm -hmm. And I miss like connecting with my fans and um everyone getting back into it is sort of gun shy because it was taken away for so long. Like we, I was still building, like I, I'm still building my career. Like you go from clubs to theaters, to amphitheaters, to arenas, to maybe a stadium someday. Mm -hmm. Like we're all on this weird linear trajectory. And I was in the middle of like building my way and then it like got shut down. And then it was like, like you were, you were never in control of it to begin yeah. with. Why did you think you were? And so now it's like, I just want to have that connection again. And um, I think these songs are perfect to do so. Yeah. They feel like therapy and we all need to just like be in a room with a bunch of strangers and have like a therapy sesh. Yep. <laughs> I feel down for that. And whether I'm like the one 
you know, with the, the, the microphone or the one in the crowd, like I just miss that connection with a bunch of rando humans, yeah. like in a, in a show. So I'm excited to go back on the road. I'm playing a ton of places that I either have never played or I've never headlined like Red Rocks, Hollywood Bowl, like bucket list shows. It's insane. So I'm just so excited to, to go and see everybody and be in under the stars for this tour. It's going to be amazing and beautiful. And we're so excited for our show tonight here. Totally private. We've got Emma Frazier, who's going to be here with nine of her friends. She's in town. And I want to know from you, like <laughs> a young Mary Morris, like drive around town, listen to the radio. W what like artist or band would you have been like perpetually calling, trying to win a totally private concert with? I mean, probably like Taylor Swift. Yeah. I would have Same. peed my pants if I had gotten to see like an acoustic show from, from her. Um, yeah, I just think I'm so excited to meet her and her nine friends and be like, how do you have nine friends? Yeah. Like, I don't have nine friends. <laughs> nine um, friends that you would bring in public on a trip. Like, right. friends that you bring on a trip is different than friends you hang out with at home. Like, it's a different, more selective crowd. Well, I know, and this is very intimate. So I, I feel like, yes, I'll play some songs for you guys, but also I kind of just, I've never had this small of a crowd to talk to. So I, I kind of just want to be like, Emma, tell me about your life. Like, how... Let's get to know each other. How did you find me? Like, yeah. It's going to be awesome. And then you, you've got a busy week. Hayes has got a birthday, your wedding anniversary, and you're also putting out an album. So what do you guys have planned to celebrate all of these things? Well, we had my son's actual birthday party over the weekend, but his real birthday is tomorrow. So I do have that day off. So I can just, like, hang with my... Nice little glasses are the cutest thing I've ever seen. I know, he's you like... You posted that. There is, like, something about a, a toddler with those glasses on that just wrecks me. He's it's so cute. He's like my little Harry Potter. That's what I thought. What yeah. I, thought. I was like, there definitely was some Harry Potter decision-making oh, going yeah. on in there. I know. I was like, I felt bad because, obviously, I passed off my terrible eyesight jeans onto him, but then, also, he's, like, two years old and has glasses, and there's nothing cuter than a toddler with glasses. But, um... So no, I, tomorrow is his birthday, so I'm gonna hang with him all day and like, you know, have a kind of pre-celebration mm. with my husband for our anniversary, but also like the album, like yeah. Ryan's very much a part of this record. <laughs> so, and then I go to work for the rest of the, week, the weekend to get this album out, but I'm excited. It's such a great week and my team has just been like absolutely killing it. Like you don't see, I'm looking into the lens right now, but, um, <laughs> Like, you do not see the weeks and months of all the people off camera that have, like, made this happen. And um, this feels like a celebration because it's my last thing until the album's out. But, no, everyone's killing it to make this album, like, what it's meant to be. And it's just so encouraging. That's awesome. We're so excited to hear it. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks. Thank you for being here for Totally Private. I'm Katie Neal from Odyssey Country. This is Mary Morris. Make sure you please get her new album, Humble Quest, out this Friday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.